in a galaxy far, far away. There exists a cure for business kryptonite. Ready to battle your business woes? It's time to call a biz hero. Hi, everybody. It's um, it's time to start the show. And yes, I'm a little lonely today because um, there is massive construction in front of Laura's house, and we didn't think you wanted to hear. We need better sound effects, I know. Which brings up my first and only point before we get into our interview with Janelle. And after the interview, we're going to talk about the game. This is the actual game that we are funding with our crowdfunding campaign. Yes, our actual campaign. So, um, yes, there's all sorts of uh, heavy-duty sounds there. And we really encourage you to go out to keep Call of Biz here on the air. Part of it is we'll get cool new sound effects, flying images. I know that was a special request of... Um, of uh tori <laughs> and and Lori laura is in the chat room as well as janelle our guest expert for today so hold on to your hats here we go today our guest expert is janelle anderson and i am just really excited because janelle was the person who finally helped me get the psychology behind getting things done which might sound a little strange, but it works. So Janelle Anderson, owner of Working Conversations LLC, is a career development authority, coach, conversation instigator, we like instigators, and expert in workplace communication. She brings energy and passion to, um, to, her, to her on the stage and gets people talking. Her talks, workshops, and coaching are designed to improve workplace communication, collaboration, and innovation. Her passion is helping women lean into their careers and move into senior leadership positions. Janelle holds a PhD in organizational communications from Purdue University and a coaching certification from Martha Beck, coach to the Oprah Winfrey Show and O Magazine. Her clients include global organizations, nonprofits, and we fall into this last category, smart, sassy individuals. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Janelle. <laughs> Thanks. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, now, I have to say, Nicole, when Nicole told me that she had gotten you booked, um, she sent me, you know, links to all of your, your information and your website, and I could not stop reading it. It is so interesting, the stuff that you do, and really transformative for entrepreneurs and small business owners who, what's the most common thing? Like, I have my to-do list is this long. Mm -hmm. I have this much time to do it in. I'll never be able to get it all done. You know, running around after themselves. Right. Unbelievable. You're the first person I've ever seen that's laid it out in a really academic way that's actionable and can really transform the way that people do things. So, um, so really exciting. How did you get into this field? Well, I think, you know, as many of us entrepreneurs would probably say, I've been in this field my whole life. Um, when it comes to the personal productivity and the personal leadership piece, I think way back, as far back as I can remember, I've always been looking for, like, what's the most efficient and effective way to do something. 
And then to add to that, I guess, you know, who I am as a coach really comes into play with the personal leadership piece. I work with a lot of people in traditional corporate jobs, but I also work with a number of entrepreneurs and coach them as well. And, you know, the, the leadership context is very different. So I'm working with them to inspire them to have personal leadership to lead themselves to get done what they need to get done as entrepreneurs. So is this, you know, kind of backing up for a second, I do like to cover, was this your first business? I mean, you, you, you don't have the traditional, I guess, pedigree of an entrepreneur, right? And, and I mean that in the best possible way. So was this your first <laughs> entrepreneurial venture or was there one before that? Um, again, I'd probably say I've been entrepreneurial all my life in theory. In practice, this is absolutely my first entrepreneurial venture. Um, so before this, I was a college professor um, where, again, you kind of work independently, doing your own thing, producing your own research, teaching your own classes. Um, and then I knew I wanted to start my own business. And as I looked back over the work I had done before I went to grad school, I worked for a startup company. And before that, I'd worked for a media organization. And I knew that I wanted some clients who were big companies. And so I thought, what better way to learn what it's like to work at a big company than to work for a big company? Going back to the PhD designation for a minute, I, I can see it as being both a positive and negative, and I'm curious how it's impacted you as an entrepreneur. That's where my corporate experience comes in handy because, you know, I thought, how is, how is any business person going to take me seriously as, you know, the egghead academic? Um, and so I know the pressing concerns of needing to get something done by a deadline and having customers on the line and um, having profit and loss hanging in the balance of getting things done. So I, I get that from my um from the business experience that I've had. And then I think where the PhD really comes into play and really works as an asset for me is I am insanely curious about the research that's been done behind any technique or any process. I have to know, you know, what was the study? Was it only on college sophomores or did they really study <laughs> a wider population? <laughs> because, you know, that's one of the things that happens a lot with academic studies um, is that they're done on just such a small population that isn't generalizable to the, the group of people that the research is intended for. So I'm always going back to the original source and reading the research and trying, you know, and translating that into everyday language that business people can understand. Now, what would you say would be the top three things that entrepreneurs generally do that waste them a ton of time? Oh, wow, that's a great <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> Um, I think the first thing that entrepreneurs do that waste a ton of time or that, that doesn't maximize their time is that they don't set regular business hours. And that's one of the things that when I'm coaching a, a small business owner, I that's one of the very first areas we address is what are your business hours and are you sticking to them? And then um, the next piece that I would recommend or, or that I, you know, coach people around is inside of that, once you have your regular business hours set, what are you doing in those hours? And are you using that time methodically to make sure the work that needs to get done is getting done? When you're in a corporate role, you know, every Tuesday morning you go to the staff meeting and the various things happen at the staff meeting. So what's your equivalent to having a staff meeting or going to a marketing meeting. So I like to come up with fun little games to play 
within my business, and I coach other people on this too, that, you know, so like maybe if Mondays is the day you're going to do marketing, it's Marketing Mondays, and mm -hmm. you have a bunch of fun things that you're going to do around marketing that you do that day. Um, and, and if you can't do them, that you reschedule them for other times in the week if something comes up. And then I think the third um, distraction or thing that uh, gets in the way of entrepreneurs making the best use of their time is social media. We need to use it. We market through it. It helps get our personalities out there. And if we're not careful, we can just really lose track of time in it. Yeah. Very true. I always, one of the first things that I give my clients when I'm laying out a strategy is, okay, I want, you know, on, I'll give them their strategy, I want you to spend 15 minutes in the morning and at night on this. That's all. You know, mm -hmm. like I want you 30 minutes doing this, so I give them a timeline for it as well, <laughs> because otherwise you are exactly right. You'll get, like, you'll hear feedback from clients like, Oh, yeah, I like I just can't continue doing this because it's all I do all day. Well, the strategy I laid out shouldn't be all you do all day. Like, let's, you know, let's, let's have that 15 minutes. It should not take you longer than an hour, you know. So, um, yeah, people get sucked in and they, they don't come back out. If you're not a fan of the buzzer thing, because I hate the buzzer thing, I feel like I'm taking a test. <laughs> I'm, I'm anxiously waiting for the buzzer to go off. What I'll do is I'll, I know like how, like maybe three songs or four songs is about 15 minutes. So mm -hmm. I'll put like four songs into play. You know what I mean? Or I'll listen to four songs um, on Pandora. And then when those songs are over, I have to stop. So it's the same thing, but I'm actually enjoying it and grooving to the music while I'm getting it done. So if you hate buzzers, Pandora. That's a good idea. <laughs> I have a tendency to be a little ADD, so I've had to learn. I've had to put a lot of structure around myself to prevent that. So when I'm having one of those days that I am, my brain's just all over the place, I um, will set a buzzer for five or ten minutes. And at the end, normally it's five because that keeps me more active. So at the, I try to get as much done in those five minutes as possible. At the end of five minutes when my buzzer goes off, I'll go and do like ten push-ups or fifteen burpees or something, something active like, or air spots, something active like that. Burpees? And then I go back and I'll do my other five minutes and then I'll do, yeah, burpees, you know, the exercise. And, um, and I'll do like, you know, ten more push-ups. And so I'll go through, like, I mean, hours of doing that, and it keeps me active because, like, I'm able to, I can be a little hyperactive, and so I, I'm able to tap into that physical and then really focus, and then tap in, and then really focus. So that's one technique that I've developed that works really well for me. Absolutely. No, that is absolutely brilliant. I mean, because one of the things it does, too, is when you get up and get moving like that, it gets oxygen to the brain, and it helps you be able to focus more when you come back after those. 10 burpees and sit back down and do your work. I've got to ask this question because this needs to be on the show. People need to hear this. When I went to your session, this was, a, you know, one of those aha moments. And, and I, and I usually Laura's the gusher, but I get to gush today. <laughs> um, that it was, you would, and I'll probably fuddle this. So I'm just going to give like a reminder of the, the, the topic and let you run with it. It was discussing how, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, having positive thoughts and thinking about things that are as if they're accomplished and you know if, if if you if you put it out in the universe it comes back to you and and I was like well that sounds nice but it seems kind of like 
wishy-washy. And in the in the session, in that workshop, you walked through how to do it and why it works. And it was just an amazing moment for me. Could you please just high-level that to get give our viewers a taste of how to really make that work effectively? In a laboratory hidden deep within the city, Small biz heroes Laura and Nicole work on a weapon to fight. Idea Mageddon. I'll try not to have that face again. Sure. So in that session, I talked about, you know, setting strategy in your business and doing it on a weekly basis. And this maps into a process that I have that I, and I in that in that session, I talked about the weekly and the daily pieces, but it also maps back to monthly, quarterly, and, and an annual plan. But in the weekly piece, you just, you know, on a Friday afternoon, you pick out like two or three things that you really want to be strategic about the following week. So you look at your calendar, you see, what do I have coming up next week? Where can I, where would it help me to be working on my business? instead of just working in my business. And so you pick a few things, and then you, in addition to, you know, and so you write them out in a sentence or two, and then you write out as if you had accomplished that, exactly what the kind of, what, what the results would be. So you write it in the present tense in the future. So you write, it is Friday afternoon, and I am so excited because I have finished the XYZ project and was able to invoice them, the, my client, whatever. And um, and then then uh, and here's where here's where my method differs from just sort of a vanilla law of attraction method because the law of attraction would just say okay you put that out there to the universe and somehow it's magically going to happen and I just don't quite believe it going to magically happen like that. The the universe needs a little bit of um, structure to it in order, <laughs> in order a little help, yeah, to make that happen. So then I have a daily piece that goes along with that. So ideally, you set up your strategy for the following week on a Friday afternoon and just let it sit over the weekend. Then on Monday morning, you know exactly what you need to tackle for the week. And then um, you create your daily structure based on what you, you know, you take that weekly item and you break it down into what are three small, just baby steps. They might be things that take anywhere from 30 seconds to 30 minutes to complete. And just a couple of those each day along with a reward. Like just like we were talking about before with the reward, uh, you know, as Laura described, doing a few push-ups or whatever, almost as a reward for getting the work done. You create a reward structure. And the brain research on this is just fascinating because when our brain gets rewarded for doing something, it wants to do it again. And we're, you know, I'm fond of saying we're really not that far removed from Pavlov's dog. You know, the bell rang, the dog salivated because he was going to get a reward for doing whatever he did. And we just really, you know, the human brain isn't too far removed from that. We love rewards. So if I, you know, make that phone call to a client that's related to a particular strategic initiative I'm driving towards, like that was my five-minute thing that I needed to do to advance that today, and then I get to go make myself a cup of pomegranate tea as my reward, that encourages me and reinforces in my brain on like a molecular brain chemistry level that I should make the next call to the next client to advance that strategic objective as well. And so when we structure the to-do items along with the rewards, 
and when they are positioned in terms of a larger strategic initiative that we have framed as something more that we've already accomplished, it moves it along that much faster. I just want to make sure you talk about the dissonance part and the research yeah. about that. And, and I just want to say to everyone that what I love is that there is real research, and this is where I'm inspired by Janelle's PhD. There's real research that backs this up. It's not just, I think it'll work, it's sunny out today, yay. You know? <laughs> so, okay, go. The other part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so the other part is, you know, when you're framing something in the positive as if it's completed, you know, writing in the future as it in the present tense as if it's done, um, that positive dissonance, the brain doesn't like that. Because so here you've got two competing things. You've got the project is done as you've written it in the future. And you've got, but right now the project isn't done. And your brain just doesn't like that. And so it wants to make it so that it's done as it's been written on the piece of paper. And so it will do, you know, it it will um, guide you towards doing it because the brain just sort of, you know, it's like when the idea keeps popping in your head, you should really make that phone call, you should really call that client, you should really <laughs> update that website, whatever it is, it just keeps showing up because your brain knows that's been written down as if it's done and your brain doesn't like that. And again, there's, without getting into the egg-headed details of why that's the truth, there's brain research that shows that our brains don't like that dissonance and they're going to motivate us and move us to correct for that dissonance and get it to done. Wow, so interesting. That's that's amazing. I mean, that's great. The power of the brain is really an unbelievable thing, and that's a classic example of it right there. Huh. Mm -hmm. There you go. And then, Everyone out there, a, a very easy way to further your goals right there. And then, go ahead. To, to, re to reinforce it, it's really important to read those um, strategic initiatives that you've written for the week, read them every morning and align your, you know, a few, a few, just a few specific strategic tasks towards getting them done. Because every time you think a thought, your brain, you know, that thought gets reinforced in your brain. And literally what, what happens in the brain chemistry is there's mylar sheathing that, that goes around that. So every time you think that thought, it gets reinforced. And again, when those thought, and then it just becomes natural to think those thoughts. And you can do that with, you can do this with anything, not just with your, you know, your business mm -hmm. practices. Wow. You can see why I got so excited. I'm like, wow, this makes sense, and there's all this research, and yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, we're talking about the positive right now. I mean, the flip side of it is when we have negative self-talk, and when we're doubting ourselves, and so on. And again, those same thoughts, that same mylar sheathing, that's the same brain chemistry process happens, and when we reinforce those thoughts, that can be really detrimental mm -hmm. to our business. So I also work with people on, you know, dismantling their fears, and having more positive self-talk and reinforcing the positive self-talk with rewards. Interesting. Very good. Nicole, do you, do you have go more questions? Question? No, I'm sure, good. Unless you, okay. Because, um, you know, Janelle knows I love that. And I, I just, it's so empowering. Um, two things. One would be um, that, you know, I, I think you make a good point about the, the, the little voice in our head and, I put that in the same category as all those shoulds out there. I should do this and I should do that. And the shoulds that really aren't helping you. So, you know, people can take that and use it in that direction as well. 
Um, I'm a big... My husband says, if the glass of water has a single drop of milk in it, I'll say there's milk. You know, I'm, I'm really a very... I'm an optimist. And I guess it holds me in good steed most of the time. So... Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to do was talk a little bit about, you know, you have a new offering coming out, and it's called Lean In, Play Hard, Career Development for Women, um, Group Coaching for Women Who Want to Lean Into Their Careers, and I know the book, I haven't read the book Lean In yet, I have mixed feelings about what I've heard, so why did you pick that as your title, and what, what are they going to do in the, in the group coaching? Yeah, okay, great. I'm so glad you asked. So the registration on it just went live this morning. I did. I, I, I changed the title just a little bit. The program's now called um, Lean In, Lead Big, Women's mm. uh, Leadership Coaching. And um, most, first I'll say, in defense of Sheryl Sandberg, the author of the book, most of the people who have been critical of it, I find, haven't actually read the book. Um, yeah, I haven't read it. One of the... I guess a couple of the key themes that we're going to take on in this group coaching program is um, Cheryl says, and I fully agree with this, that a lot of times women are such good planners, they're thinking so far down the road about what they want to do with their career, you know, five years from now, that they're making decisions about years from now that are holding them back from being all they can be today. So it's really about being in the present and really leaning in if, if the time is right to lean in. And, you know, by lean in, I guess I mean and she means put your foot on the accelerator and drive your career hard. Example of the how, you know, we were just saying it, the, it, how can, I don't see how, and, and, and I have not read the book, so that's why I said up front, I haven't read the book, I'm not making a statement about it, I'm just reacting to comments on both sides. How can being forward-thinking and strategic thinking actually hurt your career? So I wouldn't necessarily call it strategic thinking, but forward-thinking. And it's come up with a number of my coaching clients as they think about, um, let's say, you, and this would be a, a common case for me, I maybe have a coaching client who's in her mid-30s thinking about starting a family and, um, or even early 30s, thinking about like, well, my husband and I want to have, or my partner and I want to have kids and, um, gosh, I've seen some moms really have to, you know, moms who have a lot of responsibility in my organization have to juggle um, mm -hmm. their family life with their management responsibilities and make some tough choices. And so they might be thinking about what that might be like to be a mom. And so an opportunity might come up to put their name in for a promotion or put their name in to do some work that has more travel or something like that. And they're already thinking mm -hmm. about what they want their life to be like three years from now. And so they don't put their name in for that. Let's say it's a role that requires a lot of travel because they're thinking about three years from now they don't want to be traveling. Well, what they should be doing is quit yeah. travel now for the next three years and then have your kids or then do the things that, you know, the other things that you want to do. Um, and okay. I, I've worked with a lot of coaching clients, um, and I'll just take attorneys, for example. I have a number of, I've had a number of clients over the years who've been attorneys, and, you know, maybe they're working for a, a big law firm where there mm -hmm. are, um, you know, and, and they're climbing the ranks, first-year associate, second-year associate, third-year associate, fourth-year associate. They're thinking about making partner, and they're looking at how many hours they're putting in, and they think, you know, maybe I should just go be corporate counsel. The pay isn't as good. It's not yep. the prestigious of a role. Oh. would say, and what I would say, is really lean into your career now 
yeah, take that corporate counsel position in a few years when you want to have kids or when you want to dial your career to a different velocity. Um, so that's that's one side of it. Are you guys all still there? What I, yeah, I, I have uh, I have two questions, about, and then we do have to wrap up. Um, but I do have mm-hmm. two questions. I'm I'm very curious about this because, again, I haven't I haven't read the book, but just based on what you're saying, um, I guess the two statements I would make is one because I did leave a, a I worked as an investment banker and I was working eighty hundred hour weeks, um, but I talked to my boss who was a managing director okay so like the level i wouldn't reach for another 10 or 15 years okay and at least um and he worked as many hours as i did he traveled as he lived in a different country than his family and i said to him you know is your is this the lifestyle i'll have if i stay in this and he's like yeah if you want to be in investment banking and work in m&a merger and acquisition this is the lifestyle period um, and you, and I think that was one reason why you found a lot more men than women. Um, I, I, and I'm not making a judgment call on it for me. I just, whether or not I ever had kids, this was before I had kids. I just didn't want that lifestyle forever. So some professions require it forever. And are we, t- what are we saying to women that eventually you do have to stop? Because, you know, you don't, you know. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the other um, really big areas that is covered in the book is that in order for women to really have equity in the workplace, they need to have equity at home. And so often, and I don't want to make any universals here, but so often women um, women who are partnered, married, are doing the lion's share of the home the work at home and the childcare, and that enables the partner, the managing partner that you were just talking about, to be able to live in a different country because his wife is mm-hmm. shuttling the kids to and from school and all their activities and taking them all the doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, and so on. And what Cheryl says is that in order for women to really have equity in the workplace, men have to step up at home, and women mm-hmm. have to be part of enabling their husbands to step up at home because a lot of times women mm-hmm. just are. You know, we get to be control freaks at home. Again, I have a lot of coaching clients, and I have to keep this in check myself about being a control freak about my kids and letting my husband do stuff. Because, and he might not do it exactly as I would have done it, and I have to be okay with that. And a lot of women really need some coaching around that. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. Definitely. We could have another whole discussion about this. I'll have to. I'll, I'll file it away we'll because I could. Back. Yeah, I could. We'll have you back. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the okay, so, for that program uh, is, is open now. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell us um, where, you know, you have this new program starting. Where can people find you if they want to learn more or join up with your program? Excellent. They can find me at working-conversations. So it's working-conversations with a hyphen in the middle, dot com. And they can also find me on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook and Twitter. But if they go to working, workingconversations.com, the registration just opened this morning, so that's a perfect timing. Okay. And, um, and they can, then if they go to your main site, they'll see a link or something right there that they can sign yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Thank you well, so and, much, Now This yes. has been so helpful for everyone. Every entrepreneur really needs to 
take women, men, whatever. Every every right. entrepreneur needs to take a hard look at what you do and learn from it because you know, I mean, here today she's giving you a lot of actionable pieces of advice to you know to put into use, and she has a lot more on her website. So do take the time to do it because it will save you time in the end. But we really yes. appreciate and having you on. Girl, yes. And grow your thank profit. You, thank you, Janelle. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Nicole. Thanks, Laura. Okay, and we're back. I know we're running out of time. I made it really big so you can easily see the idea incubator. Can you guys hear me? Tell me in the chat room because I think I unmuted, but I want to be sure I unmuted. And Janelle, we loved having you on the show. Um, somebody tell me in the chat room. Okay, good. So here is the the game mat, and this just I had some people asking me, yes, you can play this on your own. You don't have. We'll be using it on the show, but you can play this on your own. You can pull it out any time and say, I need to check out an idea. So here is the idea incubator, and you'll notice we have what we're calling the four pillars to decide if any business idea is the right one for you. Meaning, it's not just like the big one, but should I implement Janelle's system? Would it work for me? Is it effective? Um, should I use a new marketing strategy? Uh, should I try a new sales strategy? Should I offer a new product or service? It can do all that and much, much more. And yes, play at home. You can play at home. Woo. Okay, so the four pillars are purpose, brand, so business purpose, um, oh, here, I'll do this. Business purpose, branding consistency, um, your resources and the available resources and your target market. And I don't know if you can see this very well, but I got to be the avatar over money. <laughs> so we have this cool little pad and you write down on the pad. Obviously, you wouldn't be trying to hold this up with and fight the force of gravity. Um, you have a cool little pad, and um, you have a cool little pad, and it's got, you can write down the, um, the business thing you're looking to do, and, ooh, avatars. Um, it only made sense, ha, ha, ha. Okay, really quickly, avatars, I know we're running out of time. We are going putting together a explanation video so you can see it in action with a live business idea, and... A couple people have made the comment, well, you know, it's a game. Yes, but it's gamification. The idea is that you're making something fun that you might otherwise avoid doing. A lot of times we try to avoid thinking through ideas. I've got a cool idea. 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 And you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off or a steampunk chicken with your head cut off. And, <laughs> and you can't focus. You run an idea through the incubator. These are legitimate questions and a, a legitimate process that both Laura and I use with our um, clients and on our own businesses to determine if an idea is golden or rotten, if you should pursue it or not. And um, let's see, okay, here's the first, oh, you can't see him, can you? Nope, you can't see him, sorry. Okay, can you see him now? <laughs> He's a lab rat. You start as a lab rat. I got to check what people are saying here. Um, and yes, you even get money. Okay. Why would you care about up-leveling? Because you start as a lab rat and you go up from there. You can become a security guard, a minion. Can't really see him. 
Because as you go up in levels, you have more resources available and you have more money available to execute on your idea. We will be putting a video out. I hope, oh, got to check this really quick. Money, 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 money. <laughs> That's the most singing you'll ever hear from me. <laughs> Again, it's called the Idea Incubator. You can find out more about it on Indiegogo. Just search for Colabiz or Biz Hero. And even the $10 superhero kaboom coming at you, thank you, will help us a lot. Because it it does cost money to keep the show on the air. Awesomeness is not does not pay the bills. Being awesome doesn't pay the bills. Just like having an awesome idea doesn't pay the bills. Our show and our game are dedicated to helping you make money from those awesome ideas. So help us help you. Until next week, remember, we are your cure for business kryptonite.